Welcome to the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'm Robert Peterson, and I'm here to tell you about some of Bakersfield's most notorious crimes, events, and characters that have made an impact on the Central California Valley community. Are you ready to hear a notorious Bakersfield story? Good. Let's get started. Welcome to the 10th episode of the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I hope everyone had a great week. Remember to subscribe to Notorious Bakersfield on whichever podcast app you use to listen to podcasts. That way you'll be notified automatically each time a new episode is dropped. We're listed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, just about every major podcast app that's out there. You can also listen to this podcast on the Notorious Bakersfield website, NotoriousBakersfield.com. Who likes Halloween? Well, we're less than two months away from Halloween, but the Halloween season really gets started the 1st of October, doesn't it? I'm working on an exciting Notorious Bakersfield series just for the Halloween season. If you would like to support this podcast, it will be a pay-to-listen series, and I'm just getting started working on it. So there's a lot left that I need to do before I can make the announcement, but I'll give you more details in probably about a month, probably the middle of September. So remember to keep an eye out or an ear out for those details. So let's jump right into this episode, the Bakersfield Police Department, Corruption Scandal of 1949. So here's a little backstory. Um, The city of Bakersfield operates as a council manager form of government. The city council is the governing body of the city. They develop policy, set budgets, and establish city ordinances. The city manager's job is a lot like the CEO of a corporation. He or she oversees the various city department heads. The current city manager is the recently hired Christian Clegg. He took over um, when longtime city manager Alan Tandy um, retired about a year, year and a half ago. So the council also hires and fires the city manager. Um, In this form of local government, the mayor voted into office by the citizens functions mostly as a ceremonial office holder. He or she is the city's cheerleader and ambassador. They do preside over the city council meetings and they do get a vote when there's a tie. But since Bakersfield has seven council members, a tie vote is a rare occurrence. A council member would have to be absent for that to occur. About 40% of the cities in the United States have this council manager form of government, so it's not unusual. I want to give you that little civics lesson on local history um, to set up the story for this episode and to emphasize the power the city manager of Bakersfield holds. In 1949, Bakersfield city manager was a gentleman named Carl Thornton. He leveled some serious corruption allegations against three police officials, including the chief of police himself. You'll hear all about that scandal that rocked Bakersfield City Hall in this episode of the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. In 1949, Carl Thornton was the city manager of Bakersfield. He had held this position for about two years. Thornton was born in Bakersfield in 1913 after graduating from local schools and 
Bakersfield Union High School. He went on to study at UCLA and gradu- graduated from there in 1940. Prior to his employment with the city of Bakersfield, he held public administration positions in the San Francisco Bay Area. So being hired as Bakersfield city manager was a homecoming for the Bakersfield native. In 1949, the Bakersfield police chief was Horace Grayson. Chief Grayson was born in 1903 in Alabama. He entered the University of Alabama to study medicine, but at a friend's urging, he began studying law. While at university, he took a part-time job with the Tuscaloosa Police Department. In 1926, with his new wife, Marguerite, he arrived in Bakersfield to begin working with the Bakersfield Police Department as a motorcycle patrolman. He worked his way up through the ranks as a detective, then as an inspector, then a lieutenant, then as an assistant to Chief Powers. When World War II began, Grayson took a leave from the department to serve as a naval intelligence officer. When he returned to Bakersfield in 1945, he was appointed acting police chief, replacing Robert Knight, who had held that position on an interim basis. Grayson was soon named the permanent police chief. This entire scandal manifest from a single citizen's complaint about the Bakersfield Police Department. Every time Cora Anderson's husband lost his paycheck by gambling it away at the 903 Club on Baker Street, she'd call the police to complain. She was relentless. Mrs. Anderson even went so far as to call Chief Grayson at his home to complain. Chief Grayson's attitude was that of indifference. How did this lady's husband's gambling habit become the police chief's problem is basically how he felt. I think that's my interpretation of it. Cora Anderson would not be deterred and enlisted the help of a private investigator by the name of Robert Knight. Yes, that Robert Knight, who Grayson replaced as police chief when he returned from military service. Her main complaint was Chief Grayson's inaction regarding gambling and prostitution organizations in the city of Bakersfield. Her argument was that the chief of police and Bakersfield Police Department turned a blind eye to these illegal operations because she accused they were being paid off. Due to the serious nature of these charges, the police commission suspended Chief Grayson pending a formal investigation. Cora Anderson and Robert Knight were given the opportunity to make their case heard during these hearings. After wading through all the testimony and evidence presented, the police commission voted three to zero to exonerate Chief Grayson. Since these accusations were so serious, the Bakersfield City Council authorized city manager Carl Thornton to launch his own independent investigation into the matter. For this investigation, Thornton enlisted private investigator Harold Hove, a former FBI agent, a man who the city manager and council felt would be an unbiased and impartial investigator, unlike the previous investigator who looked into this matter, Robert Knight, a former acting police chief. He wasn't exactly impartial. Here's a dramatic reading of that statement that city manager Carl Thornton made before the city council on October 13th, 1949. I've edited it for time constraints, um, but you'll get the hint of how serious these um, charges and allegations were. 
Some time ago, as this council knows, certain charges and allegations were made public in the city of Bakersfield, alleging irregularities on the part of the chief of police and other members of the Bakersfield Police Department. These allegations were immediately brought to the attention of the council, and I, as city manager, was authorized by this council to hire competent, impartial, investigative services and to have the necessary investigation conducted to determine if these allegations had substance in fact to determine their truth or falsity. The investigation to date reveals that vice conditions do exist in the city of Bakersfield. It reveals that the operation of houses of prostitution and gambling establishments are well known to the chief of police and the Bakersfield Police Department, and that such houses of prostitution and gambling establishments are permitted, open, and uninhibited operations by the chief of police and the Bakersfield Police Department. This investigation shows that vice officers Lieutenant Frank Greer and Detective George Martin were regular visitors spending hours of city time at such well-known houses of prostitution. Further, the investigation reflects numerous signed statements secured by many witnesses who have seen and actually witnessed Lieutenant Frank C. Greer and Detective George Martin of the Bakersfield Police Department receiving payoff money from various madams of these houses of prostitution in order that the madams could enjoy open operation. The investigation also discloses that Lieutenant Frank C. Greer of the Bakersfield Police Department has not only received payoff money, but has received gratuities in other than money from persons in the vice element with known criminal records. On one occasion this year, a man died while sitting in on a game in one of the local gambling establishments. The game continued on in the presence of two uniform officers and one detective of the Bakersville Police Department. The game only stopped momentarily as officers and a representative from the county coroner's office lifted the dead man from the chair at the table Immediately as the body was removed, the game continued. As you heard, these were very serious charges brought forth by an unbiased investigator sanctioned by the Bakersfield City Council. Chief Grayson, Lieutenant Greer, and Detective Martin were all suspended for 30 days. City Manager Thornton made an argument that two of the three police commissioners should be removed because of their biases in favor of the police chief and the department. That argument was dismissed. Chief Grayson argued that he answered only to the police commission and not to the city manager. Chief Grayson's hearing was the first of the three to be heard by the commission. It began in mid-November 1949, and lasted two and a half days. After deliberating for nearly 48 hours, the commission cleared Chief Grayson of graft, vice, gambling, and neglect of duty charges brought forth by city manager Carl Thornton. The commission did find that the police chief used improper language toward his subordinates. They decided that the chief's already served 30-day suspension was sufficient penalty.
Next up was Lieutenant Frank Greer. Carl Thornton accused Greer of accepting gifts from known criminal elements. It was alleged that the head of the Bakersfield Police Department's vice squad received a freezer, a deep freeze, and a fishing boat and a boat motor to ignore obvious vice activity occurring under his watch. Lieutenant Greer's defense was that he did receive these gifts, but he didn't know who they were from. They were anonymous gifts, and since he didn't know who they were from, he didn't know whose crimes he should ignore. Uh-huh. The police commission found him guilty of those charges and believed that he really didn't know who gave him those gifts. And since he didn't know who bestowed those wonderful gifts on him anonymously, he was innocent of corruption charges. The police commission's punishment for these violations, he was demoted from lieutenant to patrolman. City manager Carl Thornton's reaction to the commission's two decisions in this case was basically, are you kidding me? On the evening before Detective George Martin's police commission hearing, Thornton dropped all charges against Detective Martin. He contended that since the police commission refused to consider evidence he brought forth in the two previous hearings, going forward was useless. In 1950, after 31 years with the Bakersfield Police Department, Detective George Martin retired. Frank Greer, the only person to face any disciplinary action in this scandal, left the police force in May 1950 to start a grocery store with his brother. Bakersfield proved to be too small for both Chief Grayson and City Manager Carl Thornton. Eighteen months after the end of the police corruption scandal, Thornton resigned his position as City Manager. Less than a year later, he was hired by the city of Santa Ana as that city's newly created city manager. He held that job for over two decades. When Carl Thornton passed away in 1981, this letter to the editor was printed in the Orange County Register. Quote, Those of us who had the privilege of being his staff members during those two phenomenal decades can speak of him only in superlatives. He made both the right kind of friends and the right kind of enemies. Edward J. Allen, retired Santa Ana police chief. Obviously, Carl Thornton had an entirely different relationship with the Santa Ana police chief than he did with the Bakersfield police chief. Chief Grayson continued to be Bakersfield's police chief until he retired in 1966. At his going away party, Grayson said he looked forward to a long life in retirement. On January 8, 1967, six months into his retirement, Horace Grayson went mushroom hunting. Is that a thing? Like, I didn't know. I've heard of that, but I didn't know. I've never met a mushroom hunter. Do you have to wear camouflage and sneak up on mushrooms? So anyways, he went mushroom hunting with a friend. He cut the outing short because he wasn't feeling well. He went home and died later that evening from a heart attack. If you're ever visiting the city of Santa Ana, be sure to stop by to visit a park named after Bakersfield's native son, the Carl J. Thornton Park. Resources used for this episode of the Notorious Bakersfield podcast were the Bakersfield Californian and the Orange County Register. I welcome feedback if you have any suggestions for future episodes that you'd like me to explore. Email me at NotoriousBakersfield at 
gmail.com. Notorious Bakersfield is all one word. And you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we have an active Facebook page. I post pictures related to each story on the Facebook page. Find us under Notorious Bakersfield. And also we're on Twitter and Instagram. Until next Tuesday, this is Robert Peterson wishing you a wonderful rest of your week.